0: you are listening to Don't Give Up, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be with you today as we continue in our series. And uh, as you can tell by the Easter baskets, today is Stewardship Sunday. So um, actually, I'm just bringing to mind that there is this lovely splash of color up here, in case you failed to notice that. That in itself is quite an offering of festivity at this time of year. Um, But I I want us to continue today as we look at three things. Uh, There's three points of interest that I have for you today that I often talk of whenever anyone asks me about stewardship, and those three things are time, talent, and time. Time, talent, and ties. So we're going to be talking about those today, um, but I promise it won't be too grueling. It'll be it'll be a joy to talk about these things. Now, before we get into that, I want to tell you about a family. Um, there was a mom, there was a dad, and there was their daughter, and uh, they were they were a lovely little family. Now the daughter, uh, she she wasn't quite that young, but this is just such a cute picture I couldn't resist. Um, but their daughter was probably around. About my daughter's age, about 12, 13, uh, where where she can get home from school and kind of hang out until mom and dad get home, that kind of thing at that age. And anyway, they they were living paycheck to paycheck, this family. Um, And if you looked in their cupboard, they didn't really have a whole lot in their cupboard. It was one of those... Paycheck to paycheck, meal plan to meal plan kind of situations. There wasn't a whole lot of surplus. Um, but mom and dad, they both worked, not making nearly enough, but it was all they had. And one day, while mom and dad were at work, their daughter, uh, she was about 13, and she decided to make a cake. She thought she was going to make a cake. Because uh, this wasn't just any day, but this was mom's birthday. And she was like, I'm going to make a cake. And so she, she didn't have any cake mix in the house. Like I said, they didn't have much of anything, but they did have uh, some flour and things of that nature. And she had a, a recipe book, and so she opened it up. And you can only imagine the mess that she was also making while she shared this love with her mom, right? No cake mix. She used flour. In fact, all that was left of the flour, She used all that was left of the flour. She had just enough. She used eggs and she used the last three eggs out of the refrigerator. The last three eggs. She used milk. You're not going to believe me, but it's true. The last bit of milk. It seemed like this was a magical cake. Uh, she had exactly enough ingredients for everything in this cake. And there was just enough. Have you ever lived that way where there was always just enough, just barely enough to actually do what you were setting out to do? Um, Well, her mom comes home from work, and she could smell the cake in the air. You know how it fills the whole house. It just smells so good. It's it's like, "Mm." hmm. And so she smelled it, and she goes, hey, mom, I made you a cake for your birthday. And the mom gave her a big hug and, you know, and she saw the really sloppy job that was done. She thought it was so sweet and it was the most beautiful cake ever. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the evening comes on and she goes to start dinner. She goes to start dinner. No eggs, no flour, no milk. The casserole she was planning, gone. Okay. Dad gets home, says, what's for dinner? <laughs> they had cake for dinner. <laughs> they had cake for best birthday dinner ever. I can only imagine, but uh, they they could have been mad or upset with their daughter. You know, she obviously there was better use for that flour. Obviously, there was a healthier option for those eggs and for that milk. And instead of a healthy dinner, some could say it was wasted on making a cake. But it was her mom's birthday. And she wanted to do something special. Best dinner ever. Best dinner ever. Today we read in John chapter 12 these words. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance of that perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said that not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. And Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so the birthday cake, right? The expensive perfume both speak to us about what we have to give. They both speak to us about what we can give. I often talk, again, it's not just money. I break it down into three categories. remember what they are? Time, talent, and tithe. Time, talent, and tithe. And this list may not be all-encompassing, but it is a start, right? It is a start. And you should aim to give from all three of these categories. You shouldn't just aim for one and say, I got it done. You, know? you should aim to give from all of these categories, time, talent, and tithe. Most commonly, we give back within the church to which we belong. That's how we give back to God, where we are plugged in, right? And in fact, when we become members, we say that we will support the church and its ministries in that way, right? We give back to the church in which we find community. Um, And so if faith on Jefferson Street is your home, it only makes sense that you support it and what God is doing through it with your time, your talent, and your tithe. Tithe is always the word you hear, even though half the people never know what it means. You hear tithe, you got to tithe. It's a simple word, actually. Um, it, it, it means tenth. It goes all the way back into the Hebrew culture. It's an old. It's got Jewish roots, and it was always taught that the tithe is the first fruits of what you have. And so, in other words, that means if you get a hundred dollars, say you do some yard work for someone, they give you a hundred dollars. $10 goes to God before you ever even touch the other 90. That's what it means, first fruits. Um, and it's actually, it, it's a great way to approach giving because you see what happens when you approach tithing in this way. Your 90 is now your 100. Your 90 is now, your 100. you're not remembering having 100 because you never had 100, right? You're, you're starting with the 90 and you're, 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 you're fine with that, right? Because it's all that you have. It means you don't get anxious about giving God your money later on. Will I be able to make it? Because you already gave God's money up front. God's money, not yours. We don't always tithe in this way anymore, though. You know, some, some choose to tithe all at once. There's people within our, within our church who give once a year, but they, they tithe, right? There's others of you who, who may decide to tithe once a month. Some of you uh, tithe every other week, maybe to coincide with when your, your pay schedule is. And some of you give weekly. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can tithe. And tithing is not something to do simply because you, you have to do it. That's not the right motivation to tithing. Not just because you have to, but because it's what's expected of you. It is expected of you. And that may sound hard. It may sound something difficult to to take in. But you see it in scripture. It is expected of you. This is one of the basics of being a part of the church. Now that may not sound like a good enough reason for some of you. Just because they say it's expected. But hear me out. It is expected of you. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Right? Try saying that verse ten times real fast. Okay? In the Christian faith, we see that everything, again, everything is coming from God. So if God gives everything and only expects ten percent back, why withhold that? you know just based off of a basic relationship with any friend that you have much less the friendship you have with Jesus if if you get everything given to you why hold back 10% if that's what's expected if it all comes from God God technically deserves all of it and yet we are only expected to give 10% another thing i want you to know about tithe tithing is the minimum tithing is the minimum did you know that you can still give an excess to a tithe? People do it every day. They do. You can give more. I am not joking with you. People give more than their tithe. You can give more than 10% back to God. That's what we call offering. That's what we call offering. Tithe and offering, they're not necessarily the same thing. Offerings don't take the place of tithe. They are like a supplemental reading assignment in school. They supplement your tithe. It's extra. Offering is above and beyond the minimum, beyond the tithe. Now, I said I've spent a lot of time talking about tithe, but I like to think in three T's, time, talent, and tithe. It's not just all rolled into tithe. Again, you should be giving from each of these areas when you are giving back to God. This means if we were to take the tithe principle and apply it to our time, we would give 16.8 hours per week to God. How are you at giving your 16.8 hours, right? How's your time tithe going this week? 16.8. And people give more than that every day. Whatever you're good at doing, that's, you know, your talent. If we apply the tithe principle, then we would give 10% of whatever we do well to the Lord each week. You can do it all at once in a year, if that's what it takes. Some people go on, like, missions, outreach, excursions, and kind of do some of that, you know. What does it look like for you to give... 10% of your talent, it's harder and harder to calculate when you, you get into time. And when you get into talent, I think that's why so many people think that once they give with their tithe, they're done because they just don't want to apply any of that principle to the other areas of their lives. In today's scripture, we see a model of this threefold approach. We see it time, talent, tithe. They're all represented if we look for it, time, you know, they threw a dinner party for Jesus. You ever throw a dinner party for someone and it doesn't take time, right? That takes time. That takes preparation. You don't just throw a party, especially not for the son of God without planning, right? Right. There's planning that goes into that. There's cleaning the house. There's, there's cooking the food. There's uh, oh the food that you went to the store to get. Well, news bulletin in Jesus' day. Stores weren't. You, you grew most of what you ate. So there was more time. It's just time all over the place for this dinner party that we just glaze right over. right? We get right to the perfume and forget about the time. The energy that was spent. They grew food themselves. They harvested food themselves. They butchered themselves. You see the amount of time it takes. This has gone down exponentially since Jesus' day, right? We can just go to Giant Eagle and grab a party platter and call it a day. And then there's talent in today's scripture. It takes a certain amount of talent just to pull that off. This is stuff people get paid for. This is a service people get paid big money for. Weddings. It takes a very certain skilled person to pull off a party of this nature, right? Weddings. You you hire a wedding coordinator. They get paid. Big bucks. It's a talent not everyone has. And so in today's scripture, they are using those gifts of hospitality. They're they're using their talent for creating a space that others can enjoy. And that is a talent. Talent. And then there's tithe. Again, any food that needed to be purchased that they couldn't grow themselves, it was purchased. Now I doubt Jesus and those in attendance had to pay for tickets. I doubt there was tickets at this party. You know, they just that's not that's not what happened. They didn't sell tickets. But beyond that, look at the perfume, right? It was expensive perfume. This was not the stuff on the shelf at Walmart. This was in the lock case, okay? This was the stuff way up high or behind the counter. This wasn't the cheap stuff. This was expensive perfume. This perfume was tithe and offering combined, right? It was going well beyond a tithe. 300 denarii, that was a lot of money. Judas was right. It could have been given to the poor. There were other uses for that money. But just like the girl who wanted to make her mom a birthday cake, we see it. In today's scripture, this money, this perfume, it was transformed into more than money. It was more than perfume. It became an act of worship. It became an act of worship. God wants your worship. God wants it. God doesn't care about you giving one-tenth out of obligation, but out of oblation, oblation. Oblation. We spoke of this word once before. It basically means offering. God wants your love. God wants you to offer it freely, not out of obligation, but out of love, not out of legalism, right? Not because you have to, but because you are worship, worshiping God. I'm closing up right here. If it were just a cake. Yeah, those ingredients they could have been better used in the casserole. But that girl was showing love toward her mother. If it were just 300 denarii. Yeah, it could have been spent in better ways than on perfume. Helping the poor. But that perfume was a woman showing her love for Jesus. Even the perfume, pouring it on the feet, wiping it with hair, is that the best use for expensive perfume? Those weren't just feet. Those were the feet of Jesus. God is worth it. Other people may say it's silly, but God is worth it. Why tithe? God is worth it. Why give your time? 16.8 hours is a lot of time, y'all. God is worth it. Why give your talents? You know, you can make money doing this stuff. God is worth it. God is worth it. That's today's message. I pray that you take it away and I pray that you take it to heart. However much time, whatever your talent, giving 10% of your income, God is worth it. So even when you are down to your last eggs, the last of your flour, the last of your milk, and you're between paychecks, don't give up. Give to God. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we are so thankful for the way that you always provide just enough. <laughs> we think that it's coincidence or just luck, you know, but no, you're, you're providing us with just enough time and time again. Give us eyes to see it, give us a mouth to shout hallelujah, and give us a heart to keep on giving back to you even when it seems difficult. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.